Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out our Facebook page. You can just check it out. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. And you can email us at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 35.5, and normally on the point five pod, I am joined by, joined by Ellen Winginter. Uh, we had to call an audible this week. Usually Ellen and I record on Wednesdays. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't want to record Wednesday with the draft being, at least night one of the draft being on uh, Thursday. So we decided to go ahead and call the audible. Uh, I'm going to be alone today, and I'm going to be talking all things NFL draft night one. A lot has happened. We're going to all draft, and I'm telling you, this is a hell of a draft. We got a surprise from pick one. So just going to recap some things. I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of my impressions of what we saw. I'm going to tell you some winners, some losers. Um, We're going to talk about a few things here and be just me today. So enjoy, sit back, enjoy. No, um, No commercials today, just me talking. Uh, I will put a little plug in for O'Connor Advisory Group, you know, my company. So if you've got a financial need, you need to talk to somebody, OAGKS.com. Hit the contact of us, and it'll send me, a, send me a message directly. But let's get into it. First pick coming out, Jacksonville. Everyone on God's green earth until the last 48 hours thought that Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end from Michigan, was going to go first overall. Uh, instead, Jacksonville does what Jacksonville does, and that's that they make a an audible and they go get someone not as good. Uh, Trayvon Walker from Georgia ends up being the first pick in the draft. Now, I'm not going to kill Jacksonville for this. I don't think it's great. Um, there are three of those edge rushers that could have gone one, two, three, and you can put them in really any order. Um, the one that I like best, I think, is the one who slipped to five. To the Giants, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he's the best player in the draft. Um, so I think that when Jacksonville decided to go with a different DN other than Hutchinson, they went for someone, they went for the wrong guy. Now, I'm not saying I don't think Trayvon Walker can be uh, worthy of a number one overall pick. I think the issue is he played on that really great Georgia defense. Look, there were five Georgia Bulldog defenders drafted in the first round tonight. And a sixth in the Kobe Dean should have gone, and we'll go within the first five picks tomorrow night, on Friday night when you hear this. So, but my question, my reasoning, my thought process there is, okay, you've got Trayvon Walker, hell of a player, but how much of the production was held back? You know, he only had six sacks this season. How much of that is because... They had so many other players around him. That's going to be kind of the talk of all those Georgia players, of the five in the first round. I think we'll see N'Kobe Dean early in the second round on Friday night. You look at six players drafted in the first, let's call it the first 40 picks, on the same defense. I think you have to ask yourself, are all six, let's talk about the first five here, are they all worthy or did playing together help them out. I mean, we talked at length on this podcast back in the fall, but 
I thought Georgia's defense was the best defense I'd seen in college football since the Miami days of the 80s. So uh, a little, we saw some different stuff there in round one. Detroit did not hesitate. They knew the assignment. They went and got Aiden Hutchinson immediately uh, with the second round pick, which is great for them. For the Lions, it's a great pick. It's a need first off. A local kid, a Michigan guy going to Detroit, that's going to help. Again, great pickup. Third pick, this one might have been a reach, but I like it. And that was the Texans taking Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. Now, I think Derek Stingley was the best corner in this draft. I think it's important if you're in the AFC to have at least one, I don't want to say shut down corner, but a corner who can play at different spots. And what Derek Stingley gives you that I think no other DB in this draft gives you is a guy who can play on the best. He can play on the best receiver. He can play on the slot, and he can play on the tight end. Um, and I was I was shocked the Texans picked him at three. I thought he was going to go four, five, or six somewhere in that area. Maybe even slip a little bit later to seven or eight. But uh, the Texans at three. Uh, we're going to see the Texans a little bit later. Uh, they also made another pick at 15, and they picked uh, a guard there, uh, Kenyon Green, who I thought was the wrong guard. I thought it was one of the worst picks in this first round. But they picked a guy from Texas A&M. So I think the Texans, part of their thought process was almost like taking local. You get a, a DB from LSU. You know, if people don't know, more LSU grads live in Houston than any other city in the country. Um AM, you get an AM guy. The Texans need a spark locally. I think taking two guys from the SEC, two guys with experience, two guys that were pretty highly thought of. Again, I think the wrong guard, but at least they got the right DB. Then at four, the Jets went ahead and got Ahmed Sauce Gardner, who I think is a great athlete and a DB, a corner who, if you want to compare him and Stingley, the difference being Stingley can play a little more, a little better job in zone, and you can line him up in the slot on the wide receiver or the tight end, which you're going to see with Sauce Gardner. I love that nickname. I'm a, I mean, he's Sauce. You got like anybody named Sauce. So uh, what I do like about Sauce Gardner is you're going to put him on the best receiver on the field, and you're going to say you got him all day. As far as a lockdown guy, Sauce Gardner is the sauce, and I think it was a great pick by the Jets. The Jets were one of my biggest winners tonight. Now, they earned it. They earned it because of how bad they've been to get some of these draft picks. Um, but let's talk about that for a second. So the Jets ended up picking again at 10. They had 4 and 10 coming in. At 10, they didn't mess around. They went and got him a receiver. Garrett Wilson, he's one of the three Ohio State guys in this draft. They went and got him, locked him up. Jets go and get a needs, get a cover corner, get a, a playmaking wide receiver. He's a little undersized, but not too bad. And he's got good hands. And then the Jets throw the okie doke at everybody late in the game. Go in at pick 26, trade with the Titans. The Titans send a, uh, and they move in to take Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end. This was something where clearly the Jets did something right. I've been making jokes on Twitter that Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, had been tweeting these videos and on Instagram on these videos saying, hey, some exciting things are coming. We're going to be doing some things. 
And I got to give the old man credit. They actually did some stuff. Um, I kept, you know, I was like, shit, same Jets. But they went in here and made a move. To make a move, go ahead and get rid of your second pick, move up, get in there. They use a high first, or I'm sorry, a high second round pick, throw a little something with it, and you move up to 26 and get Jermaine Johnson, who, how he plummeted down to 26, a defensive end from Florida State. This is a guy that the Jets would have looked at at 10 if they hadn't to take, if they wanted to take one of those de- those uh, defensive ends, or if they'd have gone one, two, three. You could argue that he could have gone four. Um, but I, again, I thought that he might go at 10. The, the get him at 26 was a really great job by the Jets. So uh, carrying on in order here, uh, the Giants then didn't mess around. My biggest winner of the night was the New York Giants. Not the Jets, the Giants. Again, you earn some of these picks. So you earn... Because when you're bad enough, you know, you get the fifth pick in the fifth pick, uh, the fifth pick in the draft, it's because you earned the fifth pick. You were so shitty on the field. So you got a lot of stuff. But the Giants went and got the best player in the draft. Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, defensive end. This guy to me could have been the first pick in the draft. If you know, I could have seen taking Hutchinson over him, but I wouldn't have taken Wilson over him. Um, I mean, just a steal at five for Thibodeau. And then at seven, the Jets come right back and pick the best tackle. He's one of the, I think, top five players in this draft, and that's Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama. This guy is awesome. He played guard and tackle at Alabama the last three years. He's played a different position each year. He's played left guard, right tackle, and left tackle. He's going to play left tackle in the NFL. He's going to be a star. He's going to be a 10-year guy. Um, the Giants really did something. They didn't mess around and say, well, let's trade down and maybe see if we can get an extra pick. They just said, no, fuck it. We're going to take two guys who we know will be here for 10 years. Now you got to pay them and make them stay for 10 years. Give them a second contract. Um, Sixth, Carolina goes and gets um, Icon Iquanu uh, from NC State, the other tackle here. They took uh, Iquanu before Evan Neal. I had Neal rated higher. I think most folks did, but Iquanu is a really good player. Um, I was a little curious. My thing going in was that I thought the Panthers were going to misunderstand the assignment, as they say, and they were going to take uh, a, a quarterback here, and they didn't. That's a surprise to me. Get yeah, a good, solid pick there. Um, eight, I'm going to go through all these, but eight and nine, uh, USC uh, wide receiver Drake London's the first wide receiver off the board at eight, uh, goes to Atlanta. Charles Cross, Mississippi State, the offensive tackle at nine. Didn't really think that was a terrible pick. I didn't think about the Drake London pick was a good pick. Um, nine, Charles Cross, third best tackle. I thought he was the shade step down from the other two, but again, a guy that's going to be there and a good deal. Uh, the, the Jets then come back at 10. Now, the Jets, again, I think they're one of the winners tonight. The Giants were the winner to me, the Jets were the second or third winner. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, they go ahead and get him. Uh, right behind that, then we have our first trade of the night. My New Orleans Saints about gave me a goddamn heart attack. I'm sitting there watching the coverage. I'm watching the ABC coverage because I just could not do uh, Seth Greenberg. I just can't do him. I don't know why ESPN has put Greenberg on everything. I don't like Greeny. 
He just comes off as a snobby New York boy to me. I just can't deal with him. So I was going over to ABC, which was fine with McShay and the college guys. They did a good job. Um, so I'm sitting there watching it, and it was like a commercial. You know, the cheat, it says the trade has happened, and then the Saints to pick his in. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and then there's a then there's a there's a commercial, and then they got to head to play something else, and I'm like, can we just get the pick? Chris Olave from Ohio State. I was sitting here going, well, I don't know if I like the trade. At the time it happened, I was like, God, that's Olave. It's Olave, not Olave. Olave is a guy who's one of those top wide receivers. We know there's three of them from Ohio State. We know there's a couple other guys in there. Um, And you had Jamison Williams from Alabama. And I was like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? They get Olave at 11 after making the trade. What I was hoping for, hoping to find out was I knew the Saints were picking at – at 16, I was hoping that they didn't move. Um, I was hoping they didn't. They were 16 and 19. I was hoping they didn't package both of them. And when I saw they didn't package both picks, I thought, well, it's a relief first off. And it really set the tone. The Saints did this. They set the tone for the cost of doing business moving up in this draft. The cost of moving up in this draft was not very high. Um, if you notice, I mean, just it, there wasn't any... You know, someone gives up their first next year to move up seven or eight picks or something like that. We've seen that plenty of times before. We didn't see any of that tonight. We saw these trades, and there was eight of them, but it was a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. It really wasn't a huge amount to move up a number of spaces. Um, You know, the Saints got to keep one of their two team uh, picks in the teens to move up. The Chiefs are able to keep one of their picks to move up, and they moved up ten spots. Um, but going back to the Saints, uh, the Saints, you know, Chico Olave. At the time, I was like, I don't know if I like the trade, but I immediately liked the trade a moment later when the second trade happens and an in-division trade happens between the Lions and the Vikings. The Vikings trade all the way back to 32, and the Lions come up and take Jamison Williams. So what I was hopeful for as a Saints fan is I was hopeful that at 16, one of those two guys were going to fall to them. I figured they were going to trade. They were going to trade to 13 or 14, try to get in front of the Eagles. So I thought the Eagles might take Williams. Um, but instead, the Saints go up to 11. Does it cost them too much? I was pretty good with that. We had this little run here, 11, 12, 13 now, where it's another trade. The Eagles trade uh, from the Texans. And they take the big nose tackle, Jordan Davis, from Georgia. This dude's a moose. This guy's as big as a Coke machine. Um, a great nose tackle. He's not going to play more than you know 40 plays in a game just because of his size alone. But in a 3-4 defense, and you got to have a nose tackle who can take on two blockers. This is the one dude in the draft that can do it. I thought the Eagles were one of the winners tonight. I thought the Eagles had one of the best drafts I've seen in a long time, actually. And now I think that was a big, a good trade and a good pickup for them. We saw Baltimore uh, then take Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Surprise, Kyle Hamilton was at 14. This is a guy that I had as a top 10. So I was kind of surprised here. Um, then we have the Texans who had traded down. Now, I liked the Texans' first pick. Derek Stingley was a good pick. 
as good a pick as that was, Kenyon Green, the guard from Texas A&M, was just as bad a pick. Um, I did not have him as the first guard. I actually had him as the third guard. Um, I didn't think he was going to go even in the first round, or if he did, it would be really low. Um, I I don't understand. Past Zion Johnson, I didn't think any guard should be in this first round. Uh, but Kenyon Green from A&M, uh, as part of that trade with the Saints, they get that pick, and uh, they reached on that one to me. Washington goes and gets uh, Johan Dotson, a good, solid pick. I liked it. The Chargers then jump in at 17. They take Zion Johnson, the guard uh, from Boston College. This is the only guard I thought would go in the first round. And it showed that in this draft, linemen were at a premium. Uh, We had five tackles, three guards, and a center. By By the 20th pick, we already had seven linemen taken. Uh, the fourth trade happens at 18. This one is the worst trade of the night. So Tennessee trades A.J. Brown. I had said on the Jones Report this past week, I said, look, you have A.J. Brown, you've got uh, Debo Samuel, and you have D.K. Metcalf have all asked for trades. They all have the same agent. I said the player I thought was the most likely to be traded was A.J. Brown. Turns out I was right. Go figure. But I didn't think that it was a very good trade. Now, it was great for the Eagles. The Eagles won this trade. They trade the 18th pick in a third rounder to get A.J. Brown, who is, man, they're putting some weapons out there with Jalen, with, uh, with Jalen, now quarterback. And uh, I, I'm looking for the Eagles, man. This is a good team. It's going to be a good team. They improved their team tonight. Um, but then Tennessee turns around. You trade your best receiver, who, yeah, they, like, it's a contract thing. You know, he's on his last year's rookie contract. You're going to have to pay him. They didn't pay, They didn't want to pay him. So they trade the player. They take his replacement, which is Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Again, a player I really like. I like Traylon Burks. I don't think he was worthy of 18, but I thought, I thought he was a late first-rounder. I actually thought he might be someone that's available for the teams late, like the Ravens and the Chiefs and the and the Packers, late in the first, pardon me, late in the first round. But he ends up getting to, ends up going at eighteen. The Eagles throw a third round pick in, so basically Tennessee trades AJ Brown for the, his younger replacement, who's a rookie. They get a third round pick in the deal, which is going to be a middling like a, a 15, 16th in that round. They do save salary cap space, but your team got worse doing that. I don't know if they improved their team. 19 got my Saints comeback, and I was, sweat, I was sweating this, y'all. Y'all ain't going to lie to you, I was sweating. At 19, I'm sitting there, and I'm going, oh, shit, oh, shit. Because I know the Steelers are at 20. I know what the Steelers were going to do. Steelers went to a quarterback. And the Saints, you know, they got, they're rolling with Jameis Winston. And I'm thinking, man. Don't take a quarterback. Just just don't take a quarterback. And what was two minutes seemed like 20. And they come back from the commercial, and the Saints announced they have chosen Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. And I jumped onto my feet and was like, yes, yes, because this is a bad motherfucker here. Yeah, I said it. This dude is a mean, 
nasty, dirty son of a bitch. And if you're going to get rid of your left tackle and you're going to have to replace him and you want somebody out of the draft, I would much rather have a mean, nasty, dirty son of a bitch than someone I got to coach up. And Trevor Penning is a mean son of a bitch. And I like it. Uh, it was a great pick. I thought New Orleans had a great draft tonight. They did not get caught in the trap of trying to get a quarterback in this draft in the first round. Mickey Loomis did his job. He was listening to Jeff Ireland, obviously. I want to say thank you. We can get the picks out a little bit faster, though, ESPN. Ooh, ESPN ABC was driving me crazy on that. Then come the 20th pick, and the first quarterback comes off the board. Now, I'm thinking Pittsburgh's going to take um, Malik Willis. I was like, it's going to be Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, one or the other. They go ahead and go with Kenny Pickett. I'm going to tell y'all, folks, this is the worst pick in the draft. The worst pick in the first round was the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. Now, before I started the podcast, I decided to listen to a little bit of Scott Van Pelt, and he had Mel Kiefer on. And, of course, Mel Kiefer was talking about how he loves Kenny Pickett, yada, 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 yada. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, this guy is going to be a bust. He's going to be a bust. He's not going to play this year. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the quarterback this season. And I know that Kenny Pickett is a good pick for Pittsburgh as far as he's a University of Pittsburgh guy. You know, I hear all this shit of, well, he's familiar with Heinz Field. He's used to wearing the glove in the cold weather. He's getting criticized for having small hands. Look, bottom line, this guy would have been the seventh or eighth quarterback taken last year. He doesn't get credit with me because he didn't come out last year. Kenny Pickett's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. And if you pick a quarterback in the first round, he better be a starter. He's not ever going to be the starter, or if he is, it, I, I saw Mel Kiper say tonight that so so-called draft expert Mel Kiper is saying that he thinks that Kenny Pickett's upside is Derek Carr. Hey, if your upside is Derek Carr, you're not a first-round pick. If you're similar to Kirk Cousins, you're not a first-round pick. Get the fuck all the way out of here. So Steelers, you deserve this. Screw you. Screw your franchise. Your bullshit history. I'm so happy you fucked this up. Good on you. I take a deep breath and relax. At 21, here come the Chiefs. Now, I figured the Chiefs make a trade. The Chiefs were sitting at 29 and 30. Uh, I, I had to figure that there would be a trade. I figured going in, they look at they had two big needs to me. It was corner and wide receiver. They make a trade. They trade up to 21. Uh, they didn't have to give up much, which, again, I thought it was a really good trade for the Chiefs. They only gave up like it was a four and a five which the Chiefs had all these extra picks anyway. They don't have roster spaces for all these people. To them, it was just guys who are camp bodies. It's a great thing for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs had a pretty good night. Um, they take Trent McDuffie, uh, the quarter, the corner from Washington. Really good corner. Um, not as good as you know Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley, but that's a bad comparison. This guy's a solid guy. You're going to need guys. He's also going to be a guy who's going to cover lots of guys in the in the slot. He's going to be a good corner guy, or a good nickel guy. I a, just a good pick. I thought McDuffie was a good pick. 
Coming up, these next couple picks. Okay, now the next four or five picks, I'm a little bamboozled. Um, <laughs> the Packers pick at 22. And the Packers, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm going, you know, Aaron Rodgers has never had a skill position player, a wide receiver running back picked in the first round. Now, there was no running backs to be taken in this first round. The best wide receiver is Brees Hall. He'll get picked early in the second round on Friday night. But this had to be a receiver. It just had to be. They just had to take. They had two picks in the first round. They had to make it to get one of these. They go with Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia. Another one of these Georgia guys. Now again, we don't know how good the Georgia guys are because they all played together. I like Walker. Hell of a player. He played great at Georgia. They won a national title. He's one of the best defensive team I've seen in thirty years. But. It's not a need for the Packers. And I know I was listening to um, Andrew Brandt this morning, his podcast. He's the former Packers general manager. And he was saying, well, you trust the board. Trust the board. Take the best available player. And there was wide receivers to be taken here. Um, they're, they're still there. And there's still a couple of them still available. Um, if you want to get into it, I mean, best available. You go to wide receiver, you know, Christian Watson, Sky Moore. These are guys I thought were first-round pick guys. Um, but it goes to show me, more than anything, they didn't take a receiver. That's okay in and of itself. But you've got to get something to help Aaron Rodgers out, especially when you just lost Devontae Adams. And you lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling to free agency to Kansas City. Um, so somewhere Aaron Rodgers had to start drinking. Uh, we did see Aaron Rodgers show up on Pat McAfee's uh, podcast a little bit later, uh, live on YouTube. So uh, he did not go in too hard on it, but I, I'm not thinking he was happy. Uh, right after that, and we'll go, let's, let's do Green Bay again real quick. Green Bay picks again at 28. They take Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Uh, they loaded up on Georgia guys. I mean, it was, hey, let's get some help. Devontae Wyatt, a D-tackle, an interior guy. Uh, this is a guy that... We talked about Trayvon Walker not having some numbers. A lot of that is because these two big D tackles that Georgia had, Jordan Davis and, and De, 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 Devontae Wyatt. Um, again, great player. The Packers' defense is better with these two players. Uh, they want to score as many points, hopefully. So I do think they help their front seven quite a bit. After the 22nd pick, 23rd pick was uh, Buffalo trades up two spots. Do a little swap with Baltimore. Baltimore had taken 23 in a trade with, um, that was a trade of, with the Cardinals. They picked that trade up, 23rd pick, from the Cardinals when they trade Marquis Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals for pick 23 and, um, for pick 23. The Ravens then trade pick 23 to Buffalo for the 25th pick, and Buffalo adds pick 130. So a little bit of extra. You see that the trading up didn't cost a lot tonight. I mean, pick 130 to move from 25 to 23, it probably should have been higher. Uh, that'll be something we'll talk about here in a few minutes with somebody else who overpaid. But um, the Ravens then go in. Uh, sorry, Buffalo moves up, takes Kair Elam, the corner from Florida. I like this kid. This is a guy that I actually had the Chiefs taking him. If the Chiefs had not moved up, um, I had them, they had 29 and 30. I had them taking him. 
and one of the receivers. That was the two guys I really thought they were going to take. Um, again, this, I, I really like this kid a lot. I think it was a good pick. Um, it's just, you know, what, where you're at, where you're at. And uh, when you trade up, though, my problem here is that when you trade up, you're trading up to to get in front of somebody because you're afraid they're going to draft the player you want. Now, the team they traded in front of was Dallas, and Dallas doesn't appear to be was, was going to go for Elam. Uh, Dallas Lee pick later took Tyler Smith, the tackle from Tulsa. Uh, not a terrible pick, not a great pick. Um, you know, I kind of had him as a late first round, early second round guy. I think it's a little bit of a reach, uh, but I don't think it was terrible. These tackles were at a premium tonight. I mean, there was already four taken in front, taken in front of him. He was the fifth tackle. Probably wouldn't have been there for the Cowboys in the second round. So, yeah. Uh, Baltimore trades back to 25. They take Tyler Lindbaum from Iowa, the center. He's the lone center taken in the first round. I had a first-round uh, first grade on Tyler, uh, Tyler Lindbaum. Uh, Tyler Jones, the Jones report, he's comparing him to um, the, the, the center from the, um, the Chiefs. I don't know if that's where I would make that comparison, but I thought that Lindbaum was going to be one of those guys that late in the first round could probably be hanging around for the Bengals to take to help their offensive line issues, uh, which they ended up not addressing in the first round. Then we had what I thought was the best, the steal of the night. 26, the steal of the night. The Jets saw what everybody was doing. They said, shit, the cost of doing business here, the cost of moving up ain't shit. And they went ahead and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to move from the second round. And we're going to move from our highest second round pick, which is the number four pick in that round. And we're going to jump in here in 26. And they only had to give up a four to do this. And they take Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, defensive end. I talked about this already. Still in the draft. I mean, this guy's a top 10 player. And he kept dropping and kept dropping and kept dropping. It was like, holy shit, what are you going to do? Well, every time you see somebody make a good deal like the Jets, then surely someone's going to make a bad deal. Now that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars did at 27. That's why they're listed as one of my losers in this draft. They trade up. Well, they trade with the Bucs. They trade up into the first round. And they go and get uh, Devin Lloyd from Utah. Now, I'm not saying I don't like Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd's a worthy first-round pick. What I didn't like about it is that the Jaguars... They still don't understand the assignment. The Khan family, you motherfuckers are so stupid. If you walk into a store, I got a bottle of Gatorade in my hand, and you go pick a bottle of Gatorade up, and that Gatorade costs $2.19, you don't give them a five and say, no, it's all good. Unless you're Tony Khan and Shad Khan, in which case you give them a fucking 20 and say, I'll keep the change. You don't do that in the draft. <laughs> to move up a couple of a few picks, and Tampa was glad to move down, <laughs> Jacksonville give up a third and a fourth round pick. I mean, this is just, as Tony Khan's taking too much fucking Adderall, take the phone away from him and tell him to let, quit overpaying people. He's now doing the same thing with the Jaguars. He's doing with AEW wrestling. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mentioned Devontae Wyatt at 28. Um, I will say the biggest 
worst just straight out pick happened at 29. Someone, obviously Bill Belichick went to bed early. Bill Belichick went to bed at like 8 o'clock, y'all. And he just told his people, I like Cole Strange. And he went to bed. Cole Strange is someone that we had like a third round grade on. But he's one of these little school guys. He's from Chattanooga, 6'5", 307. Um, you know, I'm looking at a couple of projections for him so he could be a day one starter. But it's almost like Bill Pelichick, as good as he is at every other part of running a football team, he don't know shit about how to draft. And he hasn't for years. That's why their team's getting worse. Cole Strange with the 29th pick where there's lots of other things they could have done to make their team better. Now, I will say, as bad as that pick was, y'all, Chiefs, to me, did just as, I don't know if it's just as bad, but it wasn't very good at 30. This George Karlofidis, defensive end for Purdue. I had a second round, a late second round grade on this guy. I don't think this is a good pick. There are other players available. There are other defensive ends available. Um, I mean, there's just... There's other things they could have done here. I, I personally, again, I liked the idea of them getting a corner and a wide receiver. You know, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, those are the two receivers I was looking at for them. Um, if they wanted to go corner, uh, Jalen Petrie from from Bama or from from uh, from Baylor, uh, a safety from Baylor, I think would have been an ideal pick for the Chiefs, and they could have gotten him here. Um, yeah, I just don't. I think they went and picked a non-need. They basically picked the white boy Bob is the way I look at that. And it's just it's one of my little sayings. I mean, he's just he's he's fine. He'll be a good player, but he won't be a great player. And he's not worthy of being the 30th pick in the draft. I, that was kind of a miss for me. Where the Chiefs usually go and get a really, really good athlete and a contributor. I don't know they did that with this pick. I don't like that pick at all. I really liked their first round pick, the first pick at 21. Didn't like the second one at 31 at all. Uh, 30, I'm sorry. Uh, 31, uh, Michigan uh, Michigan safety, Daxton Hill goes to the Bengals. This was the Bengals saying, hey, we know we're going to be in shootouts. We gonna we need somebody some help in the defensive backfield. You know, they got Eli Apple running around back there. You know, that's kind of like having the Marx Brothers back there. You got Harpo and Zeppo and everything else. And if, if you're my age or, funny or older, you think that's funny as hell, by the way. And they're going to get some help. Uh, Daxton Hill's a guy who's going to play safety primarily, but also can play some corner. He's going to play corner on those tight ends. He's going to want to draw the assignment on guys like Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and Hunter Henry and those people. And I think that was a really good pick for the for the Bengals at 31. Uh, last pick in the first round, Lewis Kine from uh, Georgia, center safety, the fifth Georgia defensive player taken in this draft. Uh, it, uh, Again, I just I think that the Vikings took a solid player, a player that I don't like him as much as like a couple of others. Um, I like the Baylor kid uh, Jalen Petrie better. He's the guy that I had ranked ahead of him. Uh, there's other things that could have happened. Uh, there's a couple other players in here. I I don't know how Nicobe Dean is still available. I yeah, if I was the Vikings, if I was the Chiefs, Nicobe Dean would have been the guy. The Chiefs should have taken Nicobe Dean and made him a damn defensive end. They wouldn't have won that bad. Um, so that's the, the picks themselves and going through it. I'm going to kind of run down some of the things I have here, some of the ideas and 
some of the, my overall stories of this draft, you know, the first night. All right, so let's talk about some of my thoughts, some of the kind of numbers here first off. I've said it a few times already. Georgia had five defensive players taken in the first round. It's a record for any one side of the ball for one team. Um, again, <laughs> I think the guy is one of the best players in the Kobe Dean still on the board. Um, but I unbelievable. Georgia's defense had five players. Uh, wide receivers, six wide receivers taken in the first round, the most ever. Um, we talked on the Jones Report, and I kind of talked about it along the preview with Uncle Rico, that I thought there would be as many as eight. Um, I thought that Sky Moore and Christian Watson had a chance to go in the, into the first round. I thought the Chiefs were going to take one of those guys. Um, so I thought that, I, I said I thought it would be seven, possibly eight. Uh, but still, six receivers in the first round. It goes to show you where teams are thinking. They need playmakers. Wide receivers are the playmakers of the league now, not running backs. So it's important. Um, eight trades. I don't know if that's a record. I have not seen that yet. I knew there would be a lot of trades. We talked a lot about that in the preview. Talked about it at the Jones Report as well. Eight trades. The biggest one to me was the A.J. Brown trade. A.J. Brown has signed an extension already with the Cardinals. Four years, $100 million. That's 25 a year, obviously. I think it's 50, 55 or something like that is guaranteed. Um, a lot of money there. Um, unbelievable. But we have eight trades and they started, they started coming furiously at the 11th pick when the Saints traded. We had the 11, 12, 13. I mean, you had eight, the 18th pick, the 21st pick, the 23rd pick, 26th pick, 27th pick. Um, again, the teams I thought that did the best with the trades, I thought the Saints trade initially, if I didn't like it for about two or three minutes until I saw what all happened afterwards, I do like the Jets at 26. Uh, that was the seventh trade. Jermaine Johnson was a good one. Uh, the worst trade of all of them. Uh, also like the Chiefs trade, going up and getting Trent uh, McDuffie. I thought that was a good trade. Uh, worst trade, the one that didn't make sense to me was Buffalo. Um, Elam, I thought they would have gotten Elam at 25. Um, it, just, it just didn't make sense to me because I didn't think that Dallas was going to pick him in that one spot. Um in the Bucks and the Jags, I thought what the Jags did was fine. It was a bit of an overpay, but again, I see what they were doing. Um, the Texans, I think, made the trade to get the fifteenth uh, pick when they moved back. I thought they, I thought they did a good trade in making the deal, but then I thought they did a bad job in uh, what they did with the pick. So uh, a bad deal all around there. But lots of trades. It made it interesting. In a, in a night where usually you see big offensive names, you know, usually you see quarterbacks. We had five quarterbacks go in the first round last year. And it made it for good uh, for good watching. You had all the Aaron Rodgers drama last year, uh, which, we, you know, turned out was a false report, really. But it kind of hijacked it. We didn't have that with the A.J. Brown, the D.K. Metcalf, and the... Um, um, Debo Samuel's, uh, you know, trade requests. You know, I don't know what they were saying on ESPN. I was watching the ABC feed, but those names didn't come up until the trade of AJ Brown. Um, I did see on Twitter that earlier in the week or earlier today, I guess the 49ers got a big offer from the Jets, where the Jets offered. Um, I think if I saw this right, the Jets offered the fourth. 
and 10th round pick, the 4th and 10th overall picks to the 49ers for Debo Samuels. Uh, they were turned down. And if you look at it now, that's the best the 49ers would have come up with because the cost of doing business and moving up and moving around in this draft was not very big. That would have been a massive overpay for the Jets. And the Jets came out better for not making that trade. Um, I thought that the Hollywood Brown trade, I think it's, there's going to be a story to that come out later. Uh, you know, the Ravens basically give up on Hollywood Brown. I think something that hasn't been talked about yet, I haven't seen it talked about on ESPN or anywhere else, is during the draft, um, Lamar Jackson sends out a tweet that just says WTF after trading Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. And, you know, last year, if that had been Aaron Rodgers saying that, we'd all lost our shit. Um, I, you know, Lamar Jackson has not been given a contract extension yet. The Ravens have traded his best wide receiver. Um, you know, I guess you can argue they don't like Brown. They don't want to extend him and they want to give that money to Lamar. But, man, a couple of these, a couple of these guys, I think that, Lamar Smith or Lamar Jackson may be in the same boat that Aaron Rodgers was one year ago, saying, "Hey, what about me? What are you going to do to help me out here? I'm a franchise quarterback, and I'm seeing all these quarterbacks that are getting these guys everywhere, and you guys aren't helping me at all." Um, you know, in Baltimore's case, they did go get him a center, which is great. I mean, always when you can help the offensive line, it's always helpful. But no playmakers for the Ravens uh, or for the Chiefs. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, and then the Cardinals, they throw their, they, they trade their 23rd pick, but they basically get, in exchange for 23, they get a number one receiver and another weapon for Kyler Murray. That's going to make Kyler Murray happy. So it's interesting to me to see how different teams do different things. Um, the other thing I think was really underrated in this draft was the nine, I'm sorry, the 10 I'm sorry, no, it was nine. Nine offensive linemen in 32 picks. You just don't see that. And it's not sexy. It's not good, not good television. You know, you're watching the, the highlights and you're watching the spot shadows. And if you don't really know, you're watching that going, well, is that good? Is that bad? You know, you really don't know. Um, I thought that the majority of those nine were well worth their number one pick. I think I think eight of the nine were worth first-round picks to me. I think maybe seven. Um, the one I thought was egregious was the um, the Patriots. The Patriots guard, Cole Strange. Um, and Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Yeah, I mean, he could have been a late first-rounder. I don't think – I think the Cowboys – outreached a little bit there. They surprised me with that pick. I thought that they were going to go to Kobe Dean. I thought, I mean, just grab a, grab an athlete. That's what the Cowboys do a lot, and it's not a bad deal to do that. Um, the other thing that was surprising to me was just to take the top 10. The top 10, three defensive ends. We knew they would go, we knew they'd quick. We were three in the top five. I thought they might go one, two, three. They didn't. They go one, two, and five. But you have two corners, they go three and four. So your top five pick are all defensive players. All defensive players in the top five. Three defensive ends, two corners. Six and seven are both tackles. Nine's a tackle. Eight and ten are wide receivers. It goes to show you what's happening with the league. The league, the most important position is quarterback. 
Yeah, there was no good quarterbacks in this draft. Well, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, we're going to come back to quarterbacks here at the end. But um, with no good quarterbacks, it shows you that to me the next like the next three positions are left tackle, because you get a right-handed quarterback most of the time. So it's the blindside protection of the quarterback. Defensive end, a good edge rusher. And you'd like to have two of them, like to have one on each side, especially in the AFC where you have all these guys who can sit back and throw. I mean, you've got to have a good DB. You've got to have at least one good corner who can play man coverage on the opponent's best receiver and really can play against the opponent's tight end in many different coverages. Kind of the Gronkowski, um, um, Darren Wallers, the um, those guys of the, the league, those bigger guys. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it goes to show that this is what's important, and those, those those were the picks in the first round. And we're seeing the value of the receiver coming up. But we didn't see a lot of linebackers. We didn't see a lot of safeties. We didn't see quarterbacks, just the one in the quarterback in the first round. No running backs in the first round. Uh, we'll see one in the second round, I think. Um, but it, it's kind of showing where the NFL is going as a game and what – is valuable and not valuable. And it's important, these first-round picks. And this is why I think the Chiefs made a, dis, uh, a, a mistake at 30 with going to get that deep stretching on somebody. If you reach too badly, the, the Patriots need to understand this too. Take a skill position player. If you're 28, 29, 30, 31, take a skill position player, whether that's a corner or a safety or really a corner or a D-end or a wide receiver because or a quarterback. And the reason being is that you get those guys on a five-year contract, not a four-year contract. You have the option of the fifth year. And that's important. You have to be able to have some of these rookie players on your on your team at a lower cost than your salary cap because other players are going to get expensive. And they become harder to keep your team together. Look at what the Chiefs have to do with Tyreek Hill. You know, the Chiefs rather have Tyreek Hill than that extra draft pick. But unfortunately, the economics says you can't do that. So it's just one of those things. Um, last thing I want to get on is winners, losers. I'm going to start with my losers. Biggest loser tonight is the New England Patriots. I Maybe we need to get Belichick tested for something. I don't know, but I don't know what game he's playing. I've always said I thought Bill Belichick was playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Um, the last two or three years, he really hasn't been. And this was just a horrible pick for him. Um, I'm just totally unimpressed with the Patriots and what they did tonight. Mixed reviews for me on the Texans. Love the Derek Stingley pick. Didn't particularly care for the Kenyon Green pick. Um, Minnesota making a trade and moving down to 32. Now they acquire um, Pick 34, which will be the second pick in the first round, which essentially is a first-round pick. They better not miss on that pick. You better get a player, and you better get a good player, because if not, the trade in the division to the Lions is going to look really bad. Uh, we talked about Tennessee. I thought was one of the losers tonight. I, I like Traylon Burks, but I think Traylon Burks in a third-round pick for A.J. Brown is not enough. I think you could have gotten more out of that. Um, the Jaguars, again, I, I'm i not going to give them too much grief about the number one pick. 
Trayvon Walker is not the guy I would have taken one. I would have taken either Hutchinson or I would have taken Thibodeau. My choice would have been Thibodeau. Um, but Aiden Hutchinson would have been an equally good pick. I think Trayvon Walker is just slightly below those other two, but it's such a con family thing to do to overpay. It's like they enjoy doing that. So I thought that was it. And then the second pick when they made the trade to move up to take Devin Lloyd, again, a bit of an overpay for Devin Lloyd. Not even picking where he's at. I think he's worthy of a first-round pick. I think he's worthy of where he was picked, how he's going to play. I think he's a fine player, but I think paying too much to get there is what they had a problem with. They didn't read the room right. Read the room. Understand what you're doing. And I still that even after 10 years, the Jacksonville Jaguars under the Cotton family has not figured out how to read the room. The losers, the biggest loser to me after New England is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting there. They, they, they got what they wanted. They were able to stay at 20 not have to pay to move up and get the quarterback choice they wanted. They wanted Kenny Pickett, obviously. I just think it's a really, really bad pick. And I've already said my feelings on it. To me, next to New England, New England and Pittsburgh can kind of share biggest losers of the night. The winners of the night, the Giants and the Jets. Now, I'm going to... When I say that, I say that full knowing that the Giants and the Jets earned their way into getting that by being so bad that they end up with two first-round picks in the top ten. You know, making trades to another shitty team, but then also earning that first pick, whether it's the Jets earning the fourth pick or the Giants earning the fifth pick. But they both did very well with the picks they had, and the Jets in particular to me, I thought did very well moving up for the last pick of the three, uh, Jermaine Johnson the second. I, I really thought that was a great pick. So, um, not going to eat their lunch on that, but I, I would give them the props, give them their flowers because they did make they made really good do with what they had there. And then the two teams that had the two picks in the in the teens, the Eagles and the Saints. Um, they both did really well. I thought the Eagles may have been the overall winner tonight past the Giants. Uh, the Eagles really made their team better tonight. They grab A.J. Brown. They get uh, Jordan Davis, who I think is a really great player. Uh, then they added uh, a late, another second or third round pick in there as well. So they got value when they traded, and they got players with the picks. I think if you'd have gone in there, and originally I think they were sitting at 15 and 18, if you'd have said, hey, they're going to come out with the best nose tackle in this draft and a perennial pro bowler at wide receiver, I think that any Eagles fan would have taken that. And I think that you got to tip your cap to the Eagles tonight. They did a really, really great job. And then my New Orleans Saints, I'm shocked. I'm beyond shocked. I, obviously, someone locked Mickey Loomis in a, in a broom closet and let uh, Jeff Ireland do the picks this year. Uh, and, and luckily, Sean Payton wasn't in the room to tell him what, what, what bad player to take. Uh, Olavi, Chris Olavi from, from Ohio State, and I love the Trevor Penning pick. Um, filled two needs, did a great job. Saints, again, the four winners to me, the Giants, the Jets, the Saints, and the Eagles. Last thing we're going to get to is these quarterbacks. I've kind of harped on this a couple times, but we were expecting 
I was expecting at least two quarterbacks. I thought Malik Willis was going to go at six. I really thought the Panthers were going to mess that up. But they would take him there. Then I thought that Pickett was either going to go to the Saints at 19 or the or the Steelers at 20. Unless the Steelers moved up, trying to pick one of the two between Willis and Pickett. Now it turns out Pickett are, uh, has been uh, Pickett was picked at 20. The Steelers it falls right to the Steelers. They had their choice of all the of all the quarterbacks. They liked Kenny Pickett better than Malik Willis. I don't like either of them. Um, Malik Willis is still on the board, so Friday night in the second round, Malik Willis will get chosen. He'll probably get chosen in the first 10 to 12 picks of the second round. I expect someone to trade up to get him. Uh, let me see where I look and I pull by round. I would expect, man, you can see four or five. The Giants picked the fourth pick, fourth pick in the second round. The Texans at the fifth pick in the second round. You can see Willis at both those places. Seattle picks at both 8 and 9. It picks 40 and 41. Um, I don't expect that Malik Willis gets past them. If he does, there's some other teams that will take a look at him. But uh, maybe the Lions can trade up to get in there. I thought that they may. I was surprised they traded out of 32, uh, the move, but they did it to move up. Uh, they got Jamison Williams in the deal, which is a good deal for them. Uh, they actually, Jamison Williams and Aiden Hutchinson is a really good day for them. Um, you know, they didn't get caught up in the trap. Teams did not get caught up in the trap of the bad quarterbacks. Uh, we have seen this now with teams realizing that you have to have a franchise quarterback, but we've seen teams in this offseason walk away from quarterbacks. We saw Cleveland's walking away from Baker Mayfield. Lamar Jackson still hasn't gotten his, you know, his money. Um, you know, what's the Kyler Murray situation in Arizona? You know, what's... There's some stuff going on there, and I think that teams are looking at these quarterbacks this year and going, hey, none of these guys are very good. And, and I'll be honest, I'll pull up the list here, but when I looked at these quarterbacks and I was looking at what was available coming into this draft, um, you know, I ranked, uh, I didn't have anybody with a first, a first round grade. I had Willis, I thought, with a late second, I like Matt Carell from Ole Miss better. Uh, have him as a late second. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, he was kind of coming up the boards a little bit, along with Sam Howe from North Carolina, who was, I think, better thought of a year ago than he is now. And then Carson Strong from Nevada. Carson Strong from Nevada, I think, is the best quarterback in this draft. Um, he'll probably go at the fourth or fifth round. I think that it's going to be interesting to see who gets picked and what, because... Now, the only guy who's going to be really kind of guaranteed based on draft spot to have an opportunity to be a starter is going to be Kenny Pickett. Even Malik Willis at a second-round pick, uh, if, he, if he is picked on Friday night, won't have a guarantee that he'll be a, I'll be a starting quarterback at some point. Um, the other guy, I think he's probably a day three pick. He's probably a Saturday pick. And wait for Cole Kelly from southeastern Louisiana. Uh is a big dude. Um, he's a guy who 6'7", 250. He was a, a transfer from Arkansas. Just didn't work out when he was in Arkansas with a coaching change there. He threw for 44 touchdowns his senior year at Southeastern. Uh, probably going to be like a sixth-round pick, maybe a seventh. Uh, could be a guy who is an unsigned free agent as well, but someone will give him a look in camp. Maybe he gets a chance. Um, but... Overall, I was happy to see these teams didn't make these mistakes on quarterbacks. Uh, 
because you can't miss. If you pick a quarterback, you can't miss. And these guys, none of them are worthy. You know, one year ago, we had, you know, five quarterbacks in the first round. And we had Davis Mills, the quarterback of the Texans, going to the second round. He was the sixth, sixth quarterback. He would by far have been a, not only just a first-round pick this year, he would have been a top-ten pick this year. He was light years ahead of everybody here. And the other five last year are light years ahead of these guys. Um, it just goes to show that just because a player is a bigger name or comes from a good school, um, it, it, it's not always a good fit. And I was glad that teams didn't just pick a player, pick a quarterback, and say, okay, let's take the risk. So we'll see what happens on day two. So uh, I'm going to get out of here. That's my, my reactions to kind of the day one of the NFL draft. Uh, I'm not going to come on and do a full uh, thing for day two. I will Sunday night record something for the full draft. We'll kind of recap what all's happened, winners and losers again. But we'll look at the full draft from episode from round one to the last pick. So... Uh, just some thoughts as we get out of here so uh, I want to say thank you to you guys for listening I want to thank Tyler Jones everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you guys do behind the scenes most importantly you the listener thank you so much I appreciate everything you guys do if you're listening you know throw us a comment rate us review us give us five stars we really appreciate it and hope to see a great day so until Monday I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor have a great weekend remember your time tickles are Tom uh, time tokens are now in front of you and uh, take care of you